Hello, welcome to Love Food, Hate Money, the show where we talk about food, how much we love it, and how we don't love our money because it gets spent on all that food. I'm going to be your host, Jonah. This is co-host, Courtney. Hey. And let's talk about what we're drinking this wonderful afternoon. It is... What is it, Courtney? It's wine. What color? It's white. Yeah, you're a sommelier. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Yeah, white wine. Um, This is going to be Sancerre, which is uh, Sauvignon Blanc coming from the Loire region of France. I've tasted this wine a couple days ago in tasting groups. So I have a rough idea of what it tastes like, um, except for when I was doing the tasting, I didn't know what it tasted like. That was fun. <laughs> did you call it bad or something? Oh, way off. I. What did you say it was? I said it was Chenin Blanc, and I thought it had a little residual sugar on it. I was wrong. It's, it's <laughs> tasting wine blind is hard. <laughs> even if you know all of the, even if you know words to say, sometimes you're just like, yeah, I'm tasting X, Y, Z, and they're like, it's W. <laughs> like, oh, well, all right. What do you taste? Well, for context, I am sick. Um, so she tastes disease. Yeah, I taste like disease. Um, it's really bright. I like how acidic it is because it's mm-hmm. really like the sweetness and the acidity is like really all I can get with as stuffed up as my nose is. Yeah, it's tastes like grapefruit, mowed grass, and... It's young. It's almost got like a little bit of a, a snap to it. Very bright. Tasty. I like it. I think I would like it even more when I could actually taste it. It helps with tasting <laughs> to taste things. That's in the it's in the name. It's in the name. So what are we talking about today? Today we'll start with a story. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Probably was. It's been raining a lot recently. It's been so nice. Was, so I was at work and there's a couple. I can't remember why they were talking about ice cream. I think they were considering ordering some of the gelato at work. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But the the girl was, said, hey, like, there's no such thing as bad ice cream. And then the guy and me both went, no, we've had that. And he went on to describe uh, salt and straw. He's like, yeah, like there's a really good ice cream shop on the West Coast. I think he said in California specifically, which I thought was funny because that's not where salt and straw and that's not where they're from, but that's it's probably the same location that we went to in San Diego. No, he said it was in L.A. Oh, L.A. Uh, L.A. You haven't had b- bad ice cream until you had bad ice cream in L.A. L.A. But he said salt and straw, and I laughed because that's where I had my bad ice cream. And I was like, oh, me too. He said, oh, what was yours? And I tried to get him to tell me his first because no, I knew. You hang up first. There no, was you hang up first. Nothing that could be. Yeah, it was a. We were cute little middle school girls. It was great. Mom was listening in on the other end of the phone. Good time. <laughs> but he, he he was insistent that I tell mine first, which I was sad about because I knew mine was going to be worse. But yeah, we had uh, when we were in San Diego and had salt and straw, I had a deviled egg ice cream. It was part of like their summer picnic series. So it was deviled egg ice cream and gunpowder tea. And there was whole pieces of that deviled egg in it. And it was very mustardy. And the smoke off the gunpowder tea it was one of the, like, <laughs> And you only had, like, a taster of it. Like I had a taster of it, and that taster was enough to just give me chills talking about it. It was old egg somehow. I don't know when they made the ice cream, but it, it tasted like the sulfur of, like, a really overcooked egg. Well, it was absolutely wild. What was the flavor that he said? The flavor he said was, like, blackberry and goat cheese. I need the hell out of that. Yeah, but he... <laughs> 
it was funny because I said mine. The girl looked mortified and the guy just went, mine wasn't bad. <laughs> just an immediate about face. Never mind. I don't have an actual story. So, yeah, I, I, I made him realize that some ice creams are worse than others. Meanwhile, I had pear and blue cheese and it was delightful. As long as you like blue cheese. Everything I wanted it to be. I had strawberry balsamic. That was really good. But the balsamic was wee bit heavy. And it kind of gave me a very mild case of heartburn <laughs> just from just ingesting pure acid. Well, it's just your old man age coming through finally. Old man. Oh, why did you say like mayonnaise? Because <laughs> that old also man works age. for you. <laughs> but yeah, on the note of... Bad ice cream. We're going to talk about good ice cream. Yes. And I think. Because we bought the most superfluous thing that we've probably ever purchased. Yes. And I think it's worth noting that we don't like to buy appliances that only do one thing. Like we had an air fryer for like, what, two weeks? And we were like, this is not for us. I was really excited about it because hypothetically. It was supposed to do rotisserie, which was cool. It's going to do rotisserie. It was way too small. And do like all sorts of fun little things that what we've coined as the magic box. Yes. Infrared toaster oven. Highly recommend. By Panasonic, which is, you know, TVs and really good toaster ovens, apparently. <laughs> but like, And we even got a Cuisinart like ice cream maker, the very standard like freeze the bowl and spin it ice cream maker. And I think I've probably used it like three times. Yeah. Um, Which is more than most people use our ice cream makers because we're pretty ice cream fiends. There was a minute when I was working the desk job, when we were working our desk jobs, yes. where we were eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's each at night. It was a dark time, guys. In case you're wondering, you do put on weight. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're wondering how that diet went. It was, we were well fed. Yeah, that was, I feel like that was our depression era, if we're being honest. We're not in that currently. Oh, well, so anyways, <laughs> um, I went to Costco with my mom because she has a Costco membership and we're poor. And they had the Ninja Creamy, which is something that Jonah has been obsessed with since he heard about it. And they had it on sale, which now, of course, with Prime Day, it's ah. cheaper now. So I'm upset. Mistakes were made. <laughs> Asterisk, though, I have not been obsessed about it since I heard about it. When I first heard about it, I went, I don't like Ninja products. They're silly. Like, they're fine. They're great for home cooks, but they're generically just a silly, like, oh, this is our ninja all-in-one coffee god with oh. steam wand arm. Do you feel that way because it's, like, kind of gimmicky? It's all it's all kind of gimmicky and, and very Instapotty. And <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I hear it now. Mm. <laughs> but a lot of that's a lot of their products are geared toward Instapotty. Instapotty, <laughs> folks. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the next fan art. It's just Jonah using the Instapotty. Gross. Um, yeah, no, we've never owned an Instapot. And it's funny because I was talking to someone the other day about how, like, most of the people I know that, like, either went to cooking school or cook professionally, like, it's not an appliance that you reach for. Because most of the time you could do all of that, like, on your stove or even in the oven, depending on what you're doing. I think here's the thing, and here's here's the thing. Here's the line, this and is I, the thing? I just came to this realization. Okay. The reason that people that go to cooking school and X Y Z, the people that we know don't have those pieces of equipment, is because we're poor. <laughs> 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 we 
We don't have the storage space or a oh. walk-in pantry to yes. hold five additional devices that might make our lives easier. So we have the one pot that we make do with. And I think that those products, you know, the 200 to $400 gimmicky suburban mom products, the suburban moms have the space for those products. <laughs> Oof. Well, you know, what's funny is I don't think that they're bad products and I think they definitely have their place. But I think if you understand some of the technical side of cooking, you know ways to like work around it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think those kind of give you a shortcut, which is great, especially if you're busy. Um, which brings us to the creamy. <laughs> tell, tell the folks about your creamy. You're very excited about it. Very excited. So when we went to culinary school hmm, 10 years ago. Yeah, we're old now. We're old folks. We're old. We're ancient. <laughs> we're just we're peaceful now. We there was a Paco Jet and for people that have worked in restaurants with Paco Jets, they're really cool little devices. Not a lot of people know exactly how they work. I feel like if you work in kitchens, I would say that I didn't realize like the exact technology behind it until there was a video that came out from James Hoffman was the first one that I watched mm -hmm. where he talked about it because he makes really good quality videos. Fantastic coffee videos. Fantastic coffee videos. He's a world producer champion, and he's got enough financial backing to just buy all the random devices and test them out. It's fun to watch because I can't spend 3,000 pounds on AliExpress coffee tools without weeping. Um, so but he, I really want a latte art printer. <laughs> I really want one. He. That, I don't have space, nor do I have a, like, espresso that machine. That machine was massive. But I do think that that is something we should consider. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the option's there. Yeah. It exists, okay. which is really what's important. And so he did a video that had the Ninja Creamy in it and sort of broke down the details on it and Paco Jets in general. So Paco Jet is essentially a hydraulic, or not a hydraulic, it's a drill press. Mm -hmm. So you take frozen base, whatever it may be, sorbet, cauliflower soup, Donnie, um... <laughs> Whatever it is, you take it and you put it in this essentially canister. A, a canister that's a, roughly a pint to maybe a quart, depending on the size. I think they made a couple of different sizes of Paco Jets, but in general, they're about pint size. Take it, put it in, and it blended, crushed, shaved, made really good textured ice cream sorbets, XYZ. Mm -hmm. Um so that was the Paco Jet. I think the entry level for a restaurant to like acquire a Paco Jet was about seven thousand dollars. It was pretty expensive, and you could also use them to make like mousses and yeah, because essentially like, it's just a high pate speed and mm -hmm, high speed drill that also like compressed, so it, it created this like really nice texture with whatever it was that it was emulsifying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're. From what I've heard in the rumor mill, they're either bankrupt or going bankrupt. So the patent on that technology expired. And then Ninja Shark Co. came in and said, yes, Gimme. sir, we will make a, a a home version of this product. So they instead of $7,000, it's 200 And it works wonderfully. Yes. Did you have a Paco Jet in any of the restaurants you worked in? There was only the one at EBIT, and there's a Paco Jet where I work now. They really? use it to make the gelatos and stuff. We had them 
for sure the first restaurant I worked at. Um, I remember very specifically because when it was slow, we would all stand around the freezer in the back and eat all the ice cream. Best that's, ice cream. That's, <laughs> that's a really pure image. Just six cooks just huddled around a freezer, just taking turns with the Paco Jet, which I just, just six. No, there was like three of us running that kitchen. But anyways, well, my bad. I for a very long time, I've thought that, that would be a fun appliance to own just because of the quality. So then seeing that there was a home version was like, OK, got to try it. We'll out try for it. Ourselves. It's a very low bar for entry, especially because we got it on sale. That's sweet. One hundred and fifty bucks, which is like a lot to spend on startup for ice cream, you can just go buy like a pail of ice cream for three dollars. So, pail. You know. <laughs> um, Look, some of us grew up with ice cream pails, lady. <laughs> Not all of us had no, individual. That's, like, that's birthday party ice cream. The big bucket. No, that was going to Grandma and Grandpa Ellingson's, and they would make a milkshake where you would just get pale ice cream and pour milk in, and then you would have to smash it with your spoon really fast. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> so. We've tried it out. We've made what four batches? We've made a cinnamon roll ice cream. We've I've tried three different attempts at sorbets and then the pumpkin spice gelato. Oh my god! So right off the bat, the ice creams seem to work a lot better than the um, sorbet. Yeah, we've had some issues with the sorbet so far, but I think a lot of that too was your sugar ratio. Yeah, the in your grapefruit sorbet because you were following the recipes out of the book that it comes with. Yeah, and I even have the little book here so I can talk to people about it because I feel like it's important to note the things that they have come up with and some of the nonsense that exists <laughs> because of this device. It's basically, and it it talks about it a little bit. You, it's got a couple different presettings. So it's got ice creams, which for the intents of this machine are not. Not custard bases. The custard bases are what the gelato setting is for. So for the ice creams, it is just a quick whisk, like three minutes of prep to get things going. Um, The sorbets vary from literally just like putting banana into the canister and freezing it um, to just pouring out um, what it recommends is dole canned fruit, which I like that weird partnership where it was like (laughs) dole. What's up, my friends? Do you want to be the ones that... Do you want to surge in business because of our weird ice cream machine? Um, and then there's also a smoothie bowl setting. And then there's a couple other. There's the, the mix-in setting, which I think is funny. I have no it, It's literally a spinning blade. So, like, the idea of mixing in with a blade is funny to me. I don't know why. I feel like. It's aggressive. It probably really nicely evenly distributes pieces. Mm-hmm. and But I would be curious to see how much integrity you could keep. In the sizes of like the chunks that you're mixing in. It, it goes on to talk about that a little bit. It says not to mix in sauces or anything. Oh, it's kind of funny. Well, Cause yeah, because it's just going to whip it in. It's not going to like right. fold it in like you normally would. There's a mix ins 101 page, which I love. <laughs> hard mix ins will remain intact. And gummy bears are considered a hard mix in. Well, yeah, you, gummies and ice cream is <laughs> a bad idea. I love because conceptually, gummies are gummy, but when you throw it, when you get that stuff cold, they are little rock little rock chips. And then soft mix ins, um, the picture is uh, Fruit Loops, Oreos, and pretzels. Okay. Uh, easy enough to break down and ship down. 
But yeah, it doesn't recommend mixing in fresh fruit, any sauces or spreads, because it will literally just whip in and become homogenous, I, realistically. Although I do think if you were making like a strawberry ice cream and you threw a couple fresh strawberries on top and just let those like get beaten to a pulp into your ice cream, it'd probably be pretty good. Yep. But yeah, this is a very good little machine. The sorbets, again, we've had some issues with, I think that I got canned grapefruit because that's the recipes for the sorbets are literally take can, open can, pour into the pint canister that comes with the creamy, put it in the freezer for 24 hours to let it fully freeze through. So that way it's a consistent temperature throughout. Um, and it, it talks really aggressively about don't don't skip out on the timing. It's not going to be good. So we've been very good, good listeners. We've waited 24 hours at least on all of our bases. <laughs> And yeah, let it let it rip. And it makes like even the sorbets, although the sugar ratios have been off, have been texturally. Well, the pineapple one specifically was like everything that you want from a Dole Whip Mm -hmm. with it was only what pineapple in syrup. Yep. Just just literally a can of pineapple and heavy syrup poured into canister, which I use crushed pineapple. I'd probably recommend not using crushed because I think that the crushed pineapple didn't give it enough surface tension probably just, when it whipped yeah like the, or the, the fibers i think were more prevalent in it than they should uh, have been okay so would you do rings next time or would you do chunks either i would just not do crushed okay but yeah you just pour the canister in and for people that are i i don't know we're ice cream people so it's <laughs> it's really fun to have options just chilling in the freezer pretty much every base recipe is good for about two weeks, two to two weeks to a month. Depends on how long you want to freeze it and risk freezer burn. I, all the recommendations in the booklet are like, this is good for two weeks. Um, yeah, you just it comes with multiple canisters. You load it in with whatever you want. Uh, I think that the best thing that we've made is the cinnamon roll ice cream. Yes. And I think what adds value to this machine is that you put your ice cream back in the freezer you know if it gets really hard again doesn't it have a setting where you can just re-whip it so yeah that, like you and have that perfect texture again and it's it's not even a separate setting it's whenever you're done with whatever it is as it begins to melt you can technically leave this in your you're like all right well i'm gonna just put it in my refrigerator and let it sit for a while and let it soften up like you let it go too far you flatten it out, you freeze it again, and you just run it on whatever setting it should have been on. I'm pretty sure all the settings are just different blade speeds. Sure. And whether that is actually like how fast the blade is moving or how fast that the press is pressing down on it, I'm guessing it's a variable. It's both considering there's like six different settings. Yeah, cinnamon bun ice cream is the best thing that we've made. And it is literally just cream cheese, sugar, vanilla, cinnamon, milk, and cream whipped together. Mm -hmm. Like you just pour those all into a bowl, whisk it till it comes together, put it in the pint, let it rip. Like it's super simple and probably one of the best ice creams I've had. Oh, easily. And I think that's the other fun part is the experimentation. Like obviously right now we've only worked out of the book, but we've been talking about other applications and other flavors of ice cream that might be a little out there, but would pair really well with some other things. Using ice cream as a, or ice creams and sorbets as a textural contrast or a temperature contrast. Exactly. Both technically. Because we're running a fine dining restaurant out of this Tempe apartment. 
some of this stuff is is and I a lot of these recipes I really do want to try just to figure out is like what what are we getting into because there's a recipe for dairy free coconut vanilla ice cream, and it is just a can of coconut, half a cup of sugar, and a teaspoon of vanilla. You whisk it together, you put it in the canister, and you let it rip. And based off of what we've experienced from any of the like, I think the thing with ice cream is that custard base is what gives everything great texture. With this, it's the it's the press and the whipping process. and it's the processing that gives everything great texture. So like an issue with a lot of the dairy free ice creams in, uh, that that I've had. Is there crystally very crystally granular and the with the press with the press and speed that the blade goes at in this little device, like it completely eliminates that icy issue. And I think the other thing too that's important to note is like it's a really great return on investment because because we're ice, ice cream expensive. people. <laughs> well, no, ice cream's expensive though, and especially if you are someone that does like dairy free, or even like dairy free ice cream is wildly expensive. It's you're, so expensive, like eight dollars a pop because you're using almonds. <laughs> but I mean, what you just said—a can of coconut milk is less than two dollars. Yeah, I mean, realistically, that recipe costs. A dollar fifty for a whole pint of your own dairy-free vanilla ice cream, which is gonna like if you like ice cream, you're gonna end up saving money, <laughs> or you're gonna spend a lot more money because you're making a lot of your own ice cream at home. It's a real, real pro Nixon. con. But I was looking at the Pago Jets website because I think a lot of those recipes will very easily transfer over to the Ninja Creamy, and they have stuff as like. Hummus recipes, they have tartare recipes, obviously. If oh, you... God, tartare, and that would not be good. <laughs> it's an option, though. That would just be pet. That would be a fully emulsified, like, frozen mousse. It'd be better than that tartare we had. Yeah. The other week, two weeks ago. I complained about that restaurant the other day. <laughs> uh, Why too, did I complain about two it? Two bad experiences at the same place. It's just, that's enough, you know? It's enough. It was, yeah, it was enough. Um... They talk about like ultra fine purees and gels, which obviously most home cooks are not going to do, but it is an option. Um, they even talk about like whipped goat cheese, delicious, um, and pesto, which I think is such a funny one. Like of all the things that you're gonna make in there, a yeah, big brick of pesto. I'm trying to remember the canisters in the Paco Jet. Weren't they like stainless steel or like metal? Yeah. So what I wonder long term with the Ninja Creamy, because it's a plastic canister, if we decide to do anything savory, if you're going to have to dedicate one to that and one to the other due to flavor transference. More than likely. I don't think we're going to be whipping any onion in there and not experiencing vanilla onion ice cream. <laughs> and Which Shrek would be proud. I haven't looked into the replacement costs either of the canisters. Uh, I haven't. I just try not to break any of them. Well, no, but even if, like, we decide to do savories, um, you know, it only came with three canisters? It came with three, yeah. Three yeah, canisters, so three lids. Eventually, you know, that I'm going to end up breaking one. Right. I'm a break boy. <laughs> um. But I would say so far with what we've done with it, I'd probably give it like four out of five stars. Yeah, I think that the only issues that we had with it is that when in between cycles, and it might also be because our freezer is too cold. Oh, there's a temperature range that you're supposed to have your freezer set to to make sure that the bases all get to a specific temperature. 
our freezer just has like cold. ambiguous settings of cold, super cold, lost your nipples cold. Like it's very uh, inaccurate. There's no accuracy. So we'd have to actually put in a thermometer in our freezer and we're not a real restaurant. So we're not going to do that. But I thought we were a real restaurant. Well, like we're a really bad restaurant. Oh, no advertising, no customers. Just a pug. We're running out of food constantly. Constantly running out of food. Our our fridge is 86 right now. Well, I think we can make a lot of really great condiment ice creams. That's where I've gotten to in the booklet because the no prep inspiration chart is the most unhinged part of their recipes. Um, What? So, yeah, they've got the dole canned fruit. Just pour it in, let it rip. That's fine. And then from there, it gets... Like kind of so the grapefruit, like just grapefruit cups turns into grapefruit sorbet. Make sure you get like wildly sweet, sweet grapefruit cups because I tried a couple different versions of canned grapefruit in various levels of syrups. It was so bitter. Oh, my God. It was awful. I could not eat it. Which does speak to the certain like if you're making desserts in this thing, they're going to inherently be a little bit unhealthier because they're real cold. So with real cold desserts, your perception of sweet goes down. Right. So you have to add in a lot of extra sugar on these. Um be warned. Uh, but or, or serve them at a better temperature? Yeah, that requires patience. Oh. No, thank you, ma'am. My bad. Get that out of here. But this no, this chart, just eggnog. Just pour eggnog in, freeze it, frozen eggnog when you blitz it. Sounds great. Brewed coffee and coffee creamer. These aren't condiments. Well, no, yet. <laughs> I guess none of these are technically condiments, but they are unhinged. Okay. I guess you can make it if you just want to pour a bottle of ketchup in and let her <gasps> barbecue sauce. Ew. <laughs> but it'd be sweet and sticky and weird. Are you going to make ranch ice cream? I know someone I could give that to and would be <laughs> very upset. <laughs> They'd probably like it. No. Mr. Nickel would not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Drew. He's our little ranch boy. Oh, I can make him. I'll make him buffalo ranch. Just ice cream and give it to him with a plain crispy chicken wing and watch his eyes light up. Oh, gross. Um, I think of these rests. So I'm going to save the best for last. So it's almond milk and coffee creamer for an easy freegan. 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 Freegan desserts. <laughs> vegan frozen dessert. Just Mott's applesauce for apple sorbet. Bottled smoothie for a, a smoothie bowl, a frozen smoothie bowl. Um, just a bottle of chocolate milk. And it makes milkshakes too, right? Yeah. Milkshakes is like a, it's delicate setting. So you take whatever ice cream you want and mix in and you just throw it in and hit the milkshake setting and it, same day satisfaction, no 24 hour waiting period. Nice. Um, but I think the craziest one, and I want to try it once and then I'm afraid to try it again is just pie filling. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Cherry, blueberry, lemon, strawberry, apple pie filling, just to make a sorbet. So you just load in a can of pie filling and just let it rip. And that's going to, I'm positive that that is going to have enough sugar to, to come through in the final product. Oh my gosh. And then you could make like a little like pie crust crumble to go on it or in it even. I mean, you could just take the lemon pie filling freeze it, let it Ooh, do its thing. Not that one. Mm-hmm. No, but like the fruit ones, maybe. It says, it says, what do you think a lemon is? No, I, <laughs> no, I think that one is like, stop the presses. <laughs> I think that filling is gross though. Like the texture of it and like the artificial lemon well, flavor. Well, the texture's not going to no, be there think, in this whole thing. Well, 
Look, what? the apple and the cherry, that appeals to me. The lemon does not appeal to me. Okay, well, if you just took the cherry pie, sorry, pie police. <laughs> Didn't realize that there was a like a tier of artificial fruit. Yes, obviously. What's the best artificial fruit? In like the canned pie fillings? Yeah. Apple. But that one tastes the least artificial. I don't even know if that counts. Exactly why it's the best one. I like the lemon one. <laughs> you rude lady. <laughs> Strawberry. But yeah, if you just took any of those and then just mixed in graham crackers, you've got yourself basically like a icebox pie scream. Wow. Mm. The, the limits are endless. We're just, we're, we're, we're not endorsed by Ninja Shark, but you should definitely try this product. But if they did want to sponsor us. Hello. We're open for negotiation. We would love to test some more of your products and tell you why we don't have space for them. But if they're good enough, we will make space. Yes, our other ice cream maker is going to end up just going away. Yep. Did you hear that, Cuisinart? You're out. Got to s- step up your game. Gotta rose get- sorbet. Just mix in rose with some strawberries and simple syrup and just let it rip. Lots of boozy recipes in here, which I think is funny. They're, like, confident that if you're buying this, you're, you're going to be drinking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, do you have an original flavor that you want to make that's not in the book or that you haven't seen yet? Um, I mean, there's I, – I haven't thought about it, and I'm a pretty by-the-book kind of guy. You're the one that's always playing outside of the – painting outside of the uh, the lines. I'm a painting inside of the lines, boy. You're You're – your, your flavors, though, are just like you want to mix blue cheese into literally every fruit, which no, is moderately I gross. I want to mix herbs with fruit because I think that that's really fun. and Like a blueberry and thyme or like a sage with That peach. would taste like that one tart that we had at the, at the what's that place called? French restaurant. Oh. That used thyme everywhere. Sotis. Yeah. They're very good. So good. If you like thyme, you'll love that restaurant. <laughs> It's, well, it's very French. But yeah, I would say if you're an ice cream person and you maybe you bought an ice cream machine and you never used it because it was like an ordeal to set up and then it had to run on your counter for six hours to actually get to the right consistency. That's another thing that we never mentioned. The cycle on this thing is wildly fast. It's two minute cycles. So you take frozen base out of the freezer, put it into the canister holder, and then two minutes later you got, well... Three and a half minutes later, you have to run the first cycle and then another cycle for us to get it cut to come back because it gets kind of pebbly. But I feel like that's just our freezer issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fast and it's not very loud either. I mean, it's not very quiet. Right. But like compared to like the ice cream machine that we have that would sit on the counter and just make that awful like whirring sound. The gentle like for, hum of it going for four hours. Yeah, an hour and a half, two hours, depending on what you're making. And it's a lot quieter than most of the... Um, Air fryers I've dealt with, those things sound like jets coming up, <laughs> just landing on your <laughs> countertop. I'd say it's in between the two. Yeah. And it's only two minutes, which is nice. It's like a, sorry, upstairs neighbor for running this at 2 a.m., but I need my ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, there's a jet engine landing on the counters right now. I got to go flag that thing in. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Love, Food, Hate, Money. This podcast is edited by John Watkins of Feather Fiction Studios. He also does our original music. Uh, We are still selling t-shirts. If you want one, definitely message us. Um, If spending money is not in the cards for you right now because you're loving food too much, uh, make sure to rate and review our podcast if you like it. Uh, If you don't like it, please send hate mail to Jonah. He would love to receive that from you. I love hate. Um... The best way to keep up with us right now is Instagram. We have some really exciting stuff coming up. Um, I finally probably mostly did finish the thing that I've been promising for the last four weeks. Um, That's how I describe my goals. (laughs) And thank you so much to all our new listeners. Um, For some reason, that burger episode really popped off. And we have listeners all over the country and all over the globe, which is so crazy. Or all over VPNs. Well, it's real hard to tell. Right. Well, you know, we'll take the wins where we can get them. Thanks for being secure while listening to us. Thank you to Chef Gwen for ordering a t-shirt. It should be there at the time that this comes out. Um, So we have t-shirts all over the country now, guys. If you still don't have one, what are you doing? You're missing out on the agenda. (laughs) the communist t-shirt podcast food agenda i really hope that more people that wear the shirts are get interact with they're like is that are you really a communist like (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah stay tuned for some updates we're gonna have some video content pretty soon you're gonna have to look at us that's so sorry look at us we're the captains now (laughs) Uh, but thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you next time thank you very much Bye. bye i made a mess